It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Available every week on Audio Boom, the iTunes Store and from britishicehockey.co.uk. Hello and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast and coming up on this week's show we're going to be looking back at all the results from last weekend in the Elite Ice Hockey League. We're also going to be talking about the title race up at the top of the National Division of the NIHL. We've also got the Chelmsford for Chieftains and we're going to be talking about youth development north of the border. All of that and loads more on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Loads of interviews coming up on this week's show. Later we're going to be catching up with Slava Kulikov at the Peterborough Phantoms and his counterpart Tom Watkins at the Telford Tigers. Uh, lots of excitement up at the top of the National Division of the NIHL and uh, we'll be talking to both head coaches as well as talking about that National Cup which is coming up in a couple of weeks' time uh, between those two sides. Uh, speaking of races up at the top of tables as well. We're also going to be joined by Chelmsford uh, to talk about the race up at the top of South 1. We're also going to be talking about junior development in Scotland as we'll be joined by Head of Coaching Development at uh, the Scottish Ice Hockey Association, Stephen Lynch. And speaking of Scotland, we're also going to be joined later by Colin Boyd of the Murrayfield Racers to talk about uh, Murrayfield's success in the North Cup last week. Uh, But Without further ado, there's only one place we could start this week's show, and that's to look back at all the results from last weekend in the Elite Ice Hockey League, as well as to preview some of this weekend's big matches. And on Tuesday, I caught up with BritishIceHockey.co.uk's very own, here's Mr Craig Anderson. Uh, Well, Craig, a big thank you for joining us uh, this week on BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Now, uh, let's uh, just to let everyone know, we're recording this at 10 past 10 on a Tuesday morning and uh, we've got some big matches taking place this weekend. But let's talk about the results from last weekend. Um, It was quite an interesting weekend with regards to the top of the table. We were talking last week about... The Sheffield Steelers and the 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 little bump in the road they've they've been suffering in recent weeks. Um, 
that's all behind them now, I'm going to suggest. Two wins, one against Belfast, one against Nottingham. Yeah, two wins against teams that are right behind them in that, that race for the title as well. I think that's that's pretty much got that monkey off their back. Four losses in a row. I think that was a bit worrying for the Steelers coming into it, especially when you consider that they, you know Cardiff had three, four games in hand over them as well, which still, I suppose, continues to be the case. But the fact they've got these victories just keeps their noses in front. And as I say, two victories over two title rivals is is going to do the confidence of the world of good. Absolutely. Well, Cardiff Devils um, also uh, are there or thereabouts, uh, pushing the Sheffield Steelers all the way. Uh, 4-2 win over the Guildford Flames uh, on Saturday and an overtime win and a good overtime win over over the Coventry Blaze on, on Sunday. So uh, a decent weekend for the Cardiff Devils. Yeah, again, just keeps them right behind the Steelers in that in that title race. Of course, that's the way it's been all the way through the season. The fact that you know that they've maybe broken away slightly from Nottingham and Belfast below them, who suffered um, negative results as well, that, that keeps things interesting from that point of view. Cardiff had to win; they can't afford to let Steelers get any further ahead. Again, they've got the three games in hand, but there's no guarantee they're going to win them. Um, but Hitting form at this time of the season is important. One or two players came up big for them at the weekend for Cardiff. And getting that result in Coventry on Sunday, that was huge, given the form Coventry have been in recently. Having to dig deep and really you know, get it out get it out there in, in overtime is absolutely phenomenal from their point of view. And it just keeps things a little bit more interesting at the top. Now, last week we were talking about it being a five-horse race. Um, <laughs> not to be one of these uh, reactionary journalists and broadcasters and that kind of thing but it's now five points the gap between second and third Nottingham Panthers and the Belfast Giants both sitting five points behind the Cardiff Devils um, so let's just cover off their results from last weekend we, t- we spoke about Nottingham Panthers losing to the Sheffield Steelers uh, they also lost to Guildford on, on Sunday night by four goals to one for Belfast, um, they did pick up a point against the Manchester Storm on Saturday, uh, but uh, they were beaten after a shootout against the Storm. And Belfast were obviously beaten against the Sheffield Steelers on Sunday. So when it comes to the top four, it's been a very good weekend for Cardiff and for Sheffield, not so much for Nottingham and Belfast. Yeah, and regarding Belfast, I did suggest in the five things we learned that maybe it might be a slip up too much for them. Consistency has been an issue with Belfast. We've said it all the way, um, on, you know, all the way through the season on this podcast. The fact that just when it looks like they're getting ahead of steam, they suffer a setback or two, and it just kind of holds them back from from really making any kind of impact. And here we see it again. Um, you know, they took on the Manchester Storm on Saturday. I think they actually went down three 0 at one point before Belfast started to um, to, to get themselves. In fact, they went four 0 down before Belfast started to get anything on the board. Now, to get a point out of that, I suppose is is probably the best you could have it that in that situation. But the fact that they've still lost the game ultimately is a blow. And then to go to to Sheffield and, and lose four one. Um, in a venue which is notoriously tricky, don't get me wrong, but they would have expected better out of that one, especially some kind of reaction to the game on Saturday. One point out of four for a team chasing the title, who are the current champions looking to hold on to it is certainly uh, quite a blow. Nottingham as well, um, you know, losing 6-2 to the Steelers. Steelers somehow found this form again which is good for them. And I mentioned the five things we learned about Anthony DeLuca picking up five points over the weekend. So he's found some form again, just at the right time. And this is what you're looking for at this time of the season. This is when we'll see the teams who will hit form and really drive for that finish line. And from what we've seen from the weekend, only two teams have done that. Um, whereas the other two have fallen back a little bit. And I still think Coventry in with an outside mm. chance from their weekend, three points out of four is not a, a complete disappointment. Um, but yeah, it's uh, 
it's still, still lots of hockey to play. We still, we're still, I, I think we're still no clearer to knowing who's going to win this title. I think it's going to go all the way. Yes, absolutely. Well, I was going to mention Coventry because obviously we had Danny Stewart on the show last week, and you know, just carrying on the tradition. We, you know, we've been going on air now week in, week out since the, uh, since the start of September, and you know, every head coach that comes on has a, has a joyous weekend the following weekend. Um, but Coventry have had joyous weekends week in, week out uh, for for ages now. Uh, like you say, a three point weekend. Even when they're getting beat, they're still picking up points, uh, which is uh, crucial at this stage of the season. They beat Glasgow uh, on Saturday by two goals to nil, and uh, as we said earlier, they lost to Cardiff Devils, but only after overtime, four goals to three. Um, so. It's so Coventry just plugging away, getting those results out. And uh, we should say they are currently uh, eight points off top spots and they have two games in hand over the Sheffield Steelers. Uh, they're also two points behind Nottingham and the Belfast Giants and they do have a game in hand over Belfast as well. Um, so Coventry have had a good weekend. Uh, let's just go down to that uh, black line and who's in and around it. And the team who have got themselves in and around it. And it's quite remarkable I'm saying this, given uh, our discussions about this team over over recent weeks. The Five Flyers, uh, they're they're inching their way back into contention. Uh, They beat the Dundee Stars in the local derby by three goals to one on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they beat the Manchester Storm in a crucial game by three goals to two. Um, that's a hell of a weekend for Fife right there, isn't it? Incredible. Well done to them. And, you know, just when we were talking about the fact that they were down and out and looking out of it, 14-game losing runs and, and everything else, they've suddenly come bouncing back and they've got to within three points of the playoff positions, which is fantastic. I was never really convinced that Fife were out of it. You know, it was it was one of those ones, they just needed a break and they got a break and they got it at the right time. This is just the, the, the right thing to, to, to get themselves into you know, playing Dundee, they've beaten Dundee twice now in the space of a couple of weeks as well. That's got to be a worry for Dundee Stars as they themselves are on the wrong side of that black line as well. But for Fife to still be fighting, still be in contention, and we've seen it in the Elite League for many years now, where there's always a team who's ended up bottom of the table who've been, you know, a bit further away than everybody else. That's not the case this year. You know, in the past, we've seen Edinburgh Capitals. They were always the team that were in that bottom place and just just, just basically holding up the rest of the table. Milton Keynes Lightning it was last year as well after Edinburgh left. Uh, we're not seeing that this year and it's great to see a competitive um, bottom end of the table with, with four teams in there all plugging and fighting and, and trying to scrap their way into the playoffs and again like the league title race it's, it's hard to see how this is going to be settled um, any time before the, you know, the very last uh, set of games. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, let's just cover the off um, the positions at the moment. Uh, Guildford are in six there, uh, miles ahead of everyone now down that bottom end. So I, th- I think they're, they're fine. Uh, literally the archetypal mid-table team at the moment. They're, they're just in their own little island, aren't they? They're in no danger of getting dragged into a playoff scrap. They're not going to win the league. Um, but I did mention the fact in my Monday blog, the Monday after, that they, they have the potential to be kingmakers because mm. they play, they pretty much play everybody between now and the end of the season with the exception of Fife. Um, they've got a couple of double games. I think they go to Belfast twice this weekend, for example. So Guildford can have a big say on what and how things are going to pan out um, in, in the next few weeks. So that'll be interesting to watch. I think you'll find that everybody will suddenly uh, find that Guildford's our second team in the next few weeks as they as they each team fights for what they're what they're going for. Yes. Well, uh, Manchester Storm currently in seven thirty nine points after forty five games. Then there's the Glasgow Clan, uh, two points mm. behind them after forty four games. One point uh, behind. Behind the clan now, the Dundee Stars also after 44 games. And then we've got five free points behind uh, the Glasgow clan and um, the 
I'm just looking at the points difference. It's not too dissimilar either. So that that could change in the coming weeks as well. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 dare I ask you about about the clan? Dare I ask? Um, I'm I'm worried. Um, if truth be told, I always try and be positive when it comes to the clan. Obviously, the, the the team I'm closely associated with, of course. But when you look at how they're doing compared to the other teams, they're, they're, they're sleepwalking into, as I put it, playoff oblivion. Um, you know, the other teams are picking up points and scrapping and getting something here and there. Clan aren't doing that at all. Um, I would go so far as to say the game against Coventry on Saturday was probably the worst I've seen Clan play this season. Um, they, they just seem to be a team that's playing without confidence right now. And that was something Zach Fitzgerald said as well. Um, there's no confidence in that team right now. That I don't know if it'll take a spark or, or just one scrappy win to get them back, um, to get them in some way back on track. But they need to do it quickly. And with the games coming up, and not not one of them is an easy game. Let's be let's be absolutely mm. clear on that. Not one of them is an easy game between now and the end of the season. If they can get one win, it might drive them on a little bit. But they need to get themselves out of the slump quickly. Um, otherwise, you can write the season off. Now we're heading into week twenty-seven of just thirty-one. Indeed, uh, Sunday is obviously the first of March, and that's the last month on my tab on my spreadsheet we're getting there uh, towards <laughs> the end of the season now so uh, crunch games coming up this weekend firstly on Friday night uh, we've got a bit of a double header we've got the Belfast Giants hosting the Guildford Flames uh, a part of the double bill uh, this week uh, on Friday and Saturday both teams going head to head over there in Ireland so Belfast Giants hosting Guildford Flames on Friday and hosting them on Saturday whilst on Friday night we've also got the small matter of the Glasgow clan hosting the Manchester Storm Big weekend ahead for the Storm. On Saturday, they're staying in Scotland as they travel eastwards to take on the Dundee Stars. So, right. So Mm. let's kick things off uh, (laughs) this chat about this weekend's matches by talking about how important these two matches against Guildford are for Belfast. I think this could be make or break for Belfast in terms of their, their title challenge. Again, it depends on... Other results, you know, of the, of the teams run about them as well. You know, we, we, we can't straight away think that if Belfast lose that set, that there's got to be, you know, other factors elsewhere that, that might um, come into play also. But I, I definitely think they have to beat Guildford in both games to keep themselves in with a in with a shout, if nothing else. Because we've seen teams drop points at, at random times through the season. I mean, Sheffield's a great one. We spoke about the fact they, they had a four-game losing run either side of the of the GB international break. So anything less than four points, I would suggest, um, would be terminal for, for Belfast title chances. Guildford, as you said, the, the archetypal middle of the, the table team, but as I said, can, can still have a big impact on other team seasons and how they pan out. I don't think Guildford have got a great record in Belfast, so I think the form book certainly favours the Giants on this one. So that could be interesting to see. Even a split in points could be a little bit tenuous for, for Belfast. But again, it depends on how other teams do um, for, for between now and the end of the season. There's still lots of hockey to be played. Let's not you know let's not start writing teams off. There's still a lot to be um, to, to be content with over the, the next month. But I, I certainly think Belfast need to get four points to keep themselves in with a shout. Now we'll return to the uh, playoff race in a second, but let's stick with the top end of the table. Uh, as we've got Sheffield Steelers hosting the Five Flyers on Saturday, which uh, seems like a big game for for both sides. Uh, and then, as you said earlier about Guildford's responsibility in the coming month as the Kingmakers, uh, they're hosting the Sheffield Steelers on Sunday in that game there in in Surrey. Uh, but game of the weekend, uh, I think we're going to have to give it to Nottingham Panthers against the Cardiff Devils on Saturday night. Uh, that seems like a big. We spoke about. The, the how important the next two games are for for Belfast, but that game there for Nottingham's uh, uh, against Cardiff is pretty big for for the Nottinghamshire side. 
Yeah, without a doubt. And, and as I said, they're a team that sort of lost some uh, lost some traction there at the weekend. Um, you know, a win for them brings them to within three points of Cardiff, but Cardiff will have that extra game in hand. Excuse me, a defeat for them, then you're talking a difference of seven points and Cardiff still having that game in hand. So, you know, I, I would say that's a big one for Nottingham as well. Again, too soon to start writing teams off. We could still see Sheffield and Cardiff toss away points as the, you know, as March gets into the real crucial time and, you know, every point really become, well, I mean, I'm not saying every point isn't important right now, but you, you know, you see what I'm getting at. They could suddenly just lose that little bit of momentum and it can derail them slightly. So anything's possible, but definitely a big game on Sunday between those two and, Going by previous you know, meetings between them, they'll, they'll go all out for victory both sides. So that's certainly one to watch. Tell you what, it's a big weekend for Coventry as well because they, they could go third if results go a certain way this weekend. On Saturday, they're hosting uh, the Glasgow clan. And then on Sunday, uh, Coventry will be travelling to Nottingham. So, uh, you know, Nottingham against Cardiff is a pretty big game. But on Sunday, Nottingham's got a big game there against Coventry. Yeah, they sure do. And the form over the clan, I think, would certainly favour them um, on Saturday, uh, especially if they're looking to bounce back from defeat on Sunday against the Cardiff Devils. But yeah, starting to get that momentum again and going to Nottingham on Sunday, certainly a big one. Yeah, you're right. We could certainly see them in third place. I would certainly love to see that. You know, everybody likes an underdog. And, you know, Coventry are certainly that when you look at every team and the quality they have available. So Coventry in third place, I think, would be a nice wee thought. Danny Stewart, certainly. Um, you know, I mentioned it to him on Saturday when I spoke with him after the clan game about, you know, can we consider you guys title contenders? And he basically, he didn't completely rule it out, but he, he did say, you know, you can call us what you want, you know, if it, if it makes you feel better. So, you know, he's not completely dismissing the idea. He knows how close his team are. He knows how well his team are playing right now and the, the sort of run that they're on. So, you know, who knows? Third place Coventry. I'd certainly like to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, let's talk about uh, that playoff race then. And uh, we touched upon um, the Friday night game, Glasgow against Manchester, followed up on Saturday, Dundee against Manchester. And then on Sunday, we should mention Manchester against Glasgow. Big weekend for the Storm here. Uh, I mean, they could put they, they could put this playoff race to bed or they it, we could be none the wiser uh, on, on next week's show. I think a six-point weekend for Manchester this week would pretty much um, secure their playoff place, barring a major collapse, you know, in the rest of the games that, that follow. But no, six points. You know, the, the two games against the clan. We've talked about how out of form the clan are right now, but clan have been able to get victories against teams like Manchester and, and Fife. That seems to be the only two teams that can get victories against, um, as it's been the way since New Year. So it's possible. But getting getting that big result against Belfast on Saturday will have helped. And again, just as as we've said all along, they're a team that's fighting and scrapping for everything right now. That's the kind of spirit that Ryan Finnerty puts into his team. He was disappointed by the, the defeat on Sunday in Fife for sure. But he'll put enough fire in their bellies to know that this weekend is the weekend for them. Get the job done this week. They're laughing. And finally, just one other match on Sunday, which we've not mentioned yet. Uh, I think we have mentioned, actually. Cardiff Devils against the Dundee Stars. Do we mention that one? I don't think we have, have we? No, I don't think we have. Yeah. But again, again, equally important for both teams. Dundee still looking to get themselves on the right side of that black line. And if things don't go well for the clan this weekend, that could be an opportunity for them. Um, you know, Dundee are a team who... 
you know they've uh, they've always been on the periphery. They can pick up the, the odd random result. You know, we, we see them beat uh, Sheffield the other week, for example. So going to Cardiff and getting a victory isn't out with the realms of possibility. I would fancy Cardiff though. Um, I think Cardiff have got their eyes on the prize now, and of course you've got the the Challenge Cup final coming up very soon as well. So you know they, they want to get themselves in the right frame of mind for that one too. I, I would lean towards Cardiff on that one, but don't for a second rule out Dundee. Now, that's our look at the Elite Ice Hockey League on this week's show. Let's uh, look at the fun and games going on in the National Division of the NIHL. And, uh, well, the gap is now three points, so Telford have gained a point since last week over over the Swindon Wildcats. Um, Swindon, it was a big game on Saturday, though, wasn't it? Telford Tigers against the Swindon Wildcats, and it was a 3-2 win for Telford on the road. Uh, so could be a, a big result, that one. But then Telford were beaten by the Hull Pirates, seven goals to five on on Sunday evening. Swindon were also beaten on Sunday by the Peterborough Phantoms by four goals to three. It was actually a four-point weekend uh, for Peterborough as they beat the Sheffield Steel Dogs 4-1 in South Yorkshire on Saturday evening. So the top three, you know, I think you mentioned it in the five things we learned at the weekend. Peterborough Phantoms are now six points off top spot with a game in hand. Yep. Just thrown out there. Yep. And yeah, no, no, you're right too. And you know, we, we've spoken quite a lot this year about the fact it's it seems to have been a, a straight head to head between Telford and Swindon. But I did warn a few weeks ago that Peterborough was starting to creep into the picture a little bit, and so that's proved to be the case again. That fantastic victory against Swindon on on Sunday, albeit Swindon picked up a point from it to at least edge them a little bit away from them. But you know, the Phantoms getting the result on Saturday as well certainly elevated them. They've got a game in hand over the top two, remember, as well. So if they were to win that, you're talking, you know, within five points of the top spot, four points, I think it would be an actual fact. But my worry is for, for Telford right now, they've only got one win in their last seven. Um, so, you know, unless that, that, that trend bucks a little bit, then they'd really have to start motoring. Swindon have been, have been coming at them for weeks now. And again, it just shows you how fantastic this league is. Um, I've got to give a special mention to Martin Susters of the uh, Peterborough Phantoms. He got two goals in the game on Saturday against the Sheffield Steel Dogs and then came up with the big overtime winner for the Phantoms on Sunday against Swindon. So he's keeping them very much in that race. And uh, my goodness, what a race. That's the top end of the table. Let's talk about the, the bottom end. And it was uh, a big leap forward, uh, I think, for the Raiders last weekend. Uh, they had a double header against their playoff rivals, uh, the nearest playoff rivals in the Bracknell Bees. Uh, a 2-0 win for the Raiders on the road on Saturday and then an overtime win for the Raiders on Sunday. So uh, they've opened up a two-point gap between themselves and the Bracknell Bees. It's by no means done and dusted, um, this playoff race, that's for sure. Uh, but, but a big week weekend nevertheless for the Raiders. Yeah, it was important for Raiders to get victories in that one and it again puts Bracknell in the, the wrong side of that line right now. Nothing settled as you say, Ben. There's still a lot of hockey to be played between now and the end of the regular season. But it certainly gives Raiders a bit of an advantage going in. We've got another couple of tough games coming up this weekend. The Raiders they, they've got a double header with Hull Pirates, so Again, it's you know if, if they want any kind of momentum, then these are the games to to get more points from and try and lift them again a little bit closer to to Sheffield Steel Dogs above them. But it seems to be just a straight shootout between Raiders and the Bees for that last playoff spot. And I would say Raiders have got the psycholo- psychological advantage. And finally, just to talk about this weekend's big matches, um, there's one that stands out a country mile, that's for sure. Telford Tigers against the Peterborough Phantoms on Saturday night, a big big game. Just, just, huge. It's huge, isn't it? Yeah, really yep. it's, 
It's huge. And, you know, we, we talked about the form of each team. Telford won in seven. Peterborough have won their last 11. So you would have to say right now, Peterborough are the favourites for that one. A win for Peterborough, I think, would, would blow this title race wide open. You know, we think it's close right now, but to see Telford topple again um, in the face of what has been some some poor form from them, I think would really open up this, this title race. And Swindon will certainly keep an eye on that one when they take on uh, uh, Milton Keynes on, on Saturday also. So there's so much we can say about this league and the way it's panning out right now. Um, I'm fancying Peterborough for this one. I think we're going to we're going to see a, a real free horse race open up um, over the course of the weekend. Should we get Slaver on the show this week? I think we need to, don't we? I think we should. Yeah, I think, yeah, we, yeah, I think we should. Yeah, we'll give him a bell. Uh, right, and uh, just before we go, Craig, just a quick mention as well for the North Cup final and a uh, big congratulations to Murrayfield Racers. I mean, it was going to be tough to stop uh, the Whitley Warriors who've been on a, a hell of a run uh, to say the least I'm trying to I'm trying to add up how many games in a, in a row they've won it's it's too many numbers for me to count I mean that, that was a hell of a weekend for Murrayfield yeah huge weekend and, and, and you know we've seen David Hand who's the chairman of the of Scottish Ice Hockey um, you know suggesting that the the SNL is maybe a better quality than, than maybe people give it credit for in beating that. I would say it's more down to the quality Murrayfield have in their ranks and it throws open the debate about what Murrayfield want to do yes. in the long term if they want to join the NIHL, if that's something that's in their, their pipeline, you know but NIHL remembers a, a predominantly English league um, with a couple, I think there's a Welsh team in there as well, D-side I think are, are one of the Welsh teams that are in there but that's a massive result for Murrayfield and you have to say well done to Callum Boyd who got the winning goal um, in overtime on Sunday, I mean what a way to, to win a cup with an overtime goal, Callum picked up a really bad injury to his finger last year um, it wasn't very nice I'm, I'm actually going to try and get Callum on the show this week, um, so listen out for that if he's on, but no, a, a terrific victory for, for Murrayfield Racers against an NIHL team, an established NIHL team and Tony Hand is obviously getting the most out of his players. Disappointed, it was a bit of a bittersweet weekend so far as, well, they, they won the North Cup and that was a great achievement in doing that. They lost the SNL title, that went to Solway Sharks, um, who completed a 100% um, unbeaten record season. So huge congratulations to Martin Grubb and everybody in Dumfries um, over that one. So, yeah, quite a weekend for Murrayfield Racers, a, a lot of emotion, but the fact they've come home with silverware I think is the most important thing, and that'll be the one thing they'll hang their hat on going into the rest of the season. Craig Anderson there from BritishIceHockey.co.uk, and we'll be hearing again from Craig later in the show as he's got an interview with Callum Boyd of the Murrayfield Racers. Uh, and uh, speaking of Scotland, we're also going to be talking junior development in Scotland as we'll be joined by Stephen Lynch, uh, Head of Coaching Development at the Scottish Ice Hockey Association. But for the next part of the show, we're going to talk about the game south of the border and in particular the National Division of the NIHL. It's awfully, awfully exciting up at the top of the National Division with obviously the Telford Tigers and the Swindon Wildcats slugging it out up at the top and have been throughout most of the season. But creeping up on the pair of them is the Peterborough Phantoms. Uh, Slava Kulikov's side has been stringing the results together and aren't too far behind now, uh, the top two up at the top of the National Division. And on Thursday, to find out the mood in the camp at the Peterborough Phantoms, I caught up with the head coach, here's Slava Kulikov. Yes, of course. If you look a couple of months back, I think we personally were about 14 points behind Telford. Uh, but it's been some unpredictable results in that time. And obviously with the run of games we put together and wins, we, we got it really close. We're still an outsiders. Uh, Telford's still first. And obviously Swindon is like a two-horse race with us. 
at the back of it, but you just never know where it's going to go in the next couple of weeks. And in particular, we um, uh, like I said, we will get to the National Cup final in a second, but I, we do have to talk about this weekend's match away at Telford. It's huge, this game, isn't it? I mean, how, how are preparations going for this game and, and how are you keeping a lid on it all? Look, uh, to be honest, our preparations are are normal. There is no any additional pressure on the players or the coaching staff. For us, it's just a normal game. It's a huge game for Telford. Um, obviously, if they want to keep uh, in the first position with Swindon right behind them, they, it's a must-win game for them. It's pretty much the same situation when on Sunday Swindon coming into Peterborough uh, after losing to Telford. It was a must-win game for them and you know, they laid everything out there. But from our side, I think I said already, we there is no pressure. We know it's not in our hands. And with so many big games are coming up, it's uh, uh, just another game. It'll be nice to try and beat Telford just because we lost three for three uh, previously to them uh, for the morale of the team to, uh, to lead towards the cup final week after. But that's all it is. And that's that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's it's all about focus, isn't it? And you know, you could, because because of the way ice hockey is, and you've got back to back games most weekends. You know, you could get everyone excited about the Telford match, but then you've got Bratnell away the following night, and you know that's a massive banana skin right there following the Telford game. So you've got two games to prepare for each weekend. You're absolutely right, Ben. Here because. Uh, Bracknell has been, you know, fighting for the playoff spots. I think we played there three times. We lost two out of three. Uh, they are that kind of team that can beat anyone on a day, especially at home. And uh, for us, we have two away games. So it's something that we haven't done for a couple of years. So it's, you know, if you look at everything all together at the weekend, I think you would always say we'll take one game at a time, but doesn't matter what the results on Saturday, it'll be another huge game on Sunday. Yes, and, and this is why you're involved in ice hockey, isn't it? It's for, it's for, it's for these run-ins. I mean, you're, you're 11 games unbeaten now in the league. I think it's 11. I might have miscounted. There's so many green uh, results there of, of wins on the board. It's keeping it going, and especially heading uh, to, to next Friday's match uh, at, uh, against Telford in the first leg of the, the National Cup final. I mean, uh, what, what's the mood in the camp with regards to the, you know, the first chance of silverware this season? Look, we've done it last year. We won you know, a treble last year, so everybody is, of course, first of all, exciting uh, to come into this period of the season and still uh, you know, fighting for trophies. And, of course, the first one, no matter what, will be the cup final, and that's what we're all looking forward to. The mood is good. You can't say any different. We won a few games, um, and uh, the guys are playing with confidence, and it's just making sure that we are level-headed, and when, when the time comes, everybody competes. Now, uh, we'll have a proper preview for this cup final, uh, the two-legged affair, uh, on next week's show. But uh, Planet Ice Peterborough on Friday the 6th of March. Uh, come one, come all for this one. Uh, what's the mood in the town like for this game? Are you expecting a big crowd for this one? Yes, of course. I think when we played the semi-final against Hull, it was Friday night as well. And we had almost a packed building. And I don't... I expect to be the same. Uh, there is a lot of emails flying about. There is a lot of tickets have been pre-booked. And and I think all the fans are spreading the word. And I think we will have a really, really busy evening. And uh, what's your message to that uh, that Phantoms faithful as you head towards this game? I think one of the uh, huge credits, it's our fans. You know, they've been 
fantastic last year and obviously it was lucky for us in a way we had every championship game it was in our eyes except for Coventry of course and uh, they were there to support us and all of them were one goal games and obviously they gave us that extra boost uh, for the for those championships and we pretty much hoping from them for the same next Friday we would like to have a full building we would like them to be loud as they have been and making sure that they are our six man on ice and hopefully we can get that big win for them. Peterborough Phantoms head coach Slava Kulikov there joining us here on the British Ice Hockey podcast. Uh, so, as we were discussing there, the title race up at the top of the National Division certainly heating up. Telford Tigers currently in top spot, three points ahead of Swindon Wildcats and the gap between Telford and third place Peterborough is six points with the two teams going head-to-head this weekend. And for a view now on the Telford Tigers, we should be joined now down the other end of the phone by head coach. It's a welcome return to Tom Watkins. And, uh, well, Tom, a big thank you for joining us. And, uh, well, it's uh, you're under no illusions. It's been nip and tuck all the way through this campaign with lots of twists and turns. Uh, but we are into the home straight now. So so what's the mood like at the Tigers? Um, we're pretty happy. You say, you know, we... We've gone from having a healthy lead that's kind of given us that bit of breathing space to uh, a very tight uh, situation at the top of the table that's gone from having two teams to having three at the moment. So Peterborough have been on a, a very good run of form and given themselves an opportunity and certainly in contention and say the form team of the of the three at the moment. So you know, congratulations and well played to Slava and his boys. And we're we're not disappointed of, of late with our form. I think we're a little bit frustrated that we, we've continually had massive injury worries and some substantial suspensions that have really hurt our ability to perform and, and put quality numbers on the ice. So I think every point we get now over the last two or three weeks has been points gained rather than points dropped. Um, and obviously we've had a great set of performances against Swindon where we've been able to, to take all of those league fixtures in our own favour. So I think that gives us a great little advantage going into uh, the shake-up certainly into the last two or three, four weeks of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as a head coach, you know, when you're preparing for, for each weekend that, that's coming up, you've got you've got to prepare for the Saturday game and then the Sunday game. And, and when the Saturday game is the, the mammoth game against the Swindon Wildcats, I mean, how difficult is it to prepare for, for that and then go straight into the following game where you're having to travel to Hull? Firstly, let's just say, the game Saturday against Swindon was was an excellent uh, game of hockey. Both teams really committed, good set of players, and was really well attended by you know home fans and our, our, our travelling Tigers fans who went down there. So all in all, it was a, it was a really good advert for the league. I felt the game itself could have gone either way. You know, Swindon quality team, a lot of good players. I think what I'd probably like to say is that Aaron Nell, although he's the coach down there. He's making a difference night in, night out. And it seems to be every time you look on Twitter to see how they're getting on, it's Aaron that's pulled the team out the bag. So as a, as a player and a coach, he's certainly doing a tremendous job in, in that area. Um, so in terms of our preparation going into that weekend, I think more of our focus was on Swindon. We, I suppose, prioritised a little bit in our minds uh, to, for us to get two points and for them to get nothing again, take a head-to-head advantage was, was key. Um, we went into the weekend with the late news that Tom McKinnon was going to be suspended for eight games, which you know, was, was disappointing in itself the way that whole situation unfolded. Um, but used that as a little bit of a, a momentum builder for us going up, up into the match itself. So 
we were short going in in terms of number of bodies, um, and I think that really played into it on Sunday. I didn't think we had the the energy, the depth, really, that we hoped for to compete against a you know a talented old side. And, and not to say history is repeating itself this weekend, uh, but you know you've got a massive game on Saturday and then a tricky away to Yorkshire the following Sunday. So um, I mean, let, let's let's talk about preparations for for this massive game against Peterborough. You've t- you touched upon um, the run they've been on recently. They have been pretty sensational. So you've seen you've seen it against Winter Wildcats. You, your boys can perform in these big games. Absolutely, and we we come with the right mentality. And I said to somebody last week when we play that. The perceived bigger teams, we seem to improve the way we play. We play faster, we play simpler, um, which contributes to our, our overall individual performances. Um, I, th- I think it certainly helps us. Uh, and that's not any disrespect to any of the, the, the teams below us. I think this, this league's providing everybody with good competition. You know, we, we've, we've lost games, I think, just about to every team in the league. Certainly now Leeds have got a, a home rink there, very competitive, very difficult to beat. And that's that's how it should be. Peterborough is going to be a, a definite challenge, like you say. They're playing some some really good hockey, and to win win twelve straight, I'm, I'm sure that must be some sort of league record, league record this season. They're, they're very capable. They've got good quality. They've got good goaltending. They know how to defend. Um, Slot has them very well organised. Um, I'd like to think we've been able to do a fair bit of homework and research, and we don't see each other that often in terms of. The cross-conference games that we play, we only see each other four times in in the league. Um, but this will be the first meeting of three matches within what seven to eight days. Yeah, absolutely. Because obviously, like like we touched upon earlier, there is the national cup final as well. Um, the the away leg next Friday, so um, slightly short turnaround there as well. Um, so how important is the the national cup? And and we, we all know about the semi final and that kind of thing. So so how how important is is this competition to yourselves? It's very important. You know, you work all season to to play the last two or three months and hope you're in a position where you you can challenge for something. When you get to a final, you're two games from winning it. But it's at this point in time, it's just going out every night and and putting the same effort, the same attitude out on the ice, whether it's league, whether it's cup. We did that at home against Swindon and you know, pulled off a remarkable result that night. Um, I, I think this is a challenge going into Peterborough. It's certainly a challenge when you're going to have to play three games in three days and the guys will have been at work and then you play again midweek the next week. So, you know, it, it, it's from that respect, it, it's it's going to be tremendously difficult for for ourselves. It'll be tremendously difficult for Peterborough playing three and three and then you know the follow up the next week, but. It's just what it is, and we've, we've got to get our heads down, and hopefully we can get one or two guys back from injury. We'll have McKinney coming back from suspension that night for the first leg of the semi-final. So we've got you know, hopefully a couple of extra bodies that we'll be able to play and use our depth. That we've something we've been able to do certainly November, December, um, which has, has helped us massively. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that that return uh, second leg um, back back in Telford on the on the Wednesday, the the eleventh of March. It's going to be a huge, huge occasion anyway. But uh, at this point, we should plug BBC Radio Shropshire and the coverage that they're providing. Uh, friend friend of the show, Saffron Allen's going to be part of the commentary team there as well. I mean that that's great traction there. That that the sport of ice hockey and the great work that Telford Tigers is doing. That that you know BBC Shropshire's coming along as well. They'll come along and and take snippets from the game. On the six in Peterborough, then they'll they'll uh, have the radio show live commentary on their obviously station throughout the the night, which is is a 
is a big coup for us, really. You know, it's, it's excellent exposure that we'll get into parts of Shropshire that we don't normally. And uh, the, the semi-final of the Cup against Swindon was, was very well attended, really well uh, attended by, by Swindon fans as well, not just Telford fans. And it was, a, it was a great evening's entertainment. And I'd like to think we're going to get a, a fuller rink that night for the final than, than we would for the semi-final. So it, it's certainly something that we're, we're very excited for. I think ticket sales have gone um, very well so far. I think having previously uh, Shropshire come in and, um, uh, and and do the game live is, is is excellent for ice hockey in this area. Yeah, absolutely. And, and finally, then Tom, uh, obviously the, the you touched upon the away support; they're going to be vital in the first leg, uh, but the home support is going to be equally vital for the the second leg uh, on that Wednesday night. So, so what's your message to the Telford Tigers faithful as you head into this big weekend coming up in the league? Next weekend's big <laughs> games in the cup, and then the running uh, more generally. It's uh, certainly all happening. I think it's it, it's it's get behind the boys. You know, where Telford's not a big town. It's you know, in terms of size of population, in, in terms of the, some of the cities and towns that we we head to head within this league. Um, but we get a good turnout at Telford Ice Rink. We've had some some excellent games of hockey to watch. Great evenings entertainment. But it's, it's get behind the boys and, and come and support them and, and show that uh, show that people care locally. And uh, hopefully we're able to pull off or do something really special this season. Tom Watkins there, head coach of the Telford Tigers, and we'll be discussing that National Cup final on next week's show as well. Uh, But uh, from the title race up at the top of the National Division of the NIHL to the title race up at the top of South 1 of the NIHL, it's certainly a a very competitive title race, that's for sure. In, In recent weeks, we've been joined by Streatham and the Solent Devils, both teams currently sitting first and second, separated by four points. But also in the title race, we've got the chance for Chieftains. They too are four points off top spots. And joining me now down the other end of the phone to discuss the Chieftains in a bit more detail now, we should be joined by a head coach. It's a welcome return to Joe Wilson. Uh, well, Joe, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, as I was just saying there in the, in the preamble to this interview, I mean, it is a pretty nip-and-tuck title race up at the top uh, between all three of you. I mean, what, what's your take on it from a Chelmsford perspective? From our perspective, I think we have dropped points where we mainly shouldn't have done, but we certainly have a massive impact on who can sort of put the second hand on that league title. So it, as much as sort of in the points and obviously the uh, opposition have got a few games in hand, we do still have a massive part to play in who's going to pick up that title this year. I mean, how important was, was, was last weekend? Because obviously you had uh, a double win over in, in Victor Dynamos and, you know, in, in Victor, a quality side. So that does set up the last six games quite nicely, I would imagine. Yeah, Mass, I mean, coming off the back of an overtime loss, I think you ask anybody in the ice hockey world, losing is bad, but when you lose in overtime and when you look at, we had 57 shots against Bracknell and to come out on the losing side, it's not nice. So it was kind of the perfect weekend for us to bounce back and go in local rivalry between the Essex and Kent and to come away with four points is just huge. It's what we wanted to sell for. It gives the fans a bit of bragging rights, a bit of a thank you to them for their support throughout the season. It's something for the boys as well. Now, uh, when we spoke uh, the last time, we were talking about um, the, the makeup of the division and how it's not too dissimilar to the conversation we had, really, about, about the top five. It's, it's kind of played out that way, hasn't it? And uh, I mean, it, it is a really, really competitive division this year. You must be all pleased with, with how it's panned out. Massively. I mean, if you look at, I think both, probably all three leagues even are competitive. You look at something that much movement between clubs, so everyone seems to be happy in what they're doing. There's so much competitiveness throughout all three of them. You look at ours, there's not been much movement between clubs. 
and then you look at sort of you look at a fixture and one team's dominating and next weekend it's the same fixture and it's the opposite way around you can't you can't really tell at this stage and uh, when it comes to this running that's that's coming up at the moment obviously um i mean it, it doesn't get easy does it i mean you've got they've got the solar devils this weekend which is which is a huge game on sunday uh, slough jets which is uh, a really big banana skin in the middle of march and then and then stretch them away um i mean those three games there you could be right back in it, couldn't you, at that, at that point? Potentially, yeah. I mean, we, we just take each game as it comes. What I say all the boys, it's just two points. It's just another game. And although we are still looking at the league for us, we're looking at the playoffs as well. So we're looking at just building that momentum, taking each game as it comes, build momentum, take that into the playoffs. And playoff hockey is completely different. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and when it comes to the squad uh, more generally, how, how is the how is the mood in the dressing room as, you, as you're heading to this running? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good room. It's a good mood. We've picked up obviously a few injuries in the last sort of couple of weeks, and throughout the season we've we've always kind of struggled a bit with injuries, but we've got guys sort of playing through them, and we've got a great great backroom staff who really do help in healing the guys, getting them back on track as quickly as possibly can. So I'm thankful for that, and everyone's commitments there. Everyone's everyone's in it to win it. Everyone in that room knows what it takes to win, and there's one silverware for the club, and there's one lots of silverware in their career, and they want to do it again. And uh, the last time we spoke as well, we were talking about the, the club more generally and how, how that side of the club's developing off the ice. I mean, the club seems to be progressing quite nicely, that's for sure. Yeah, I've always said if the product's good on the ice, people will still come. And we've had good numbers of fans with good fan support throughout the season. I can't thank them enough. They follow us everywhere. And it is nice to see that. We've uh, done a couple of fan, fan nights. We've escaped with the fans and that was a good turnout for that. And again, it's just nice to see we're getting new people through the door each week and then those new people are now becoming regulars. I think it's good just introducing that the ice hockey as a whole to different people. So let's talk about um, the fan base as we head into this weekend's match. I mean, it's uh, it's second against third. It is going to be taking place at your at your rink. So uh, what what's your message to that home faithful uh, for for this big game this weekend on Sunday? Same as it always. It doesn't matter if it's second versus third, first versus fourth. Just keep yelling. Just keep yelling. Keep banging. Like they are, I don't think that any. If you ask any British ice hockey fan, they probably don't realise how much that means to the guys. How much it gets them fired up. If if the rink's a little bit, little bit less noisy than what it normally is, people notice it. And I notice on the bench, and just just be loud for sixty minutes. Head coach of the Chelmsford Chieftains. Joe Wilson there speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. But from South 1 to North 1 now, and in particular the North Cup, league leaders currently in North 1 are the Whitley Warriors and they were taking on the Murrayfield Racers in the North Cup final over the weekend. And uh, a big congratulations to Murrayfield winning both legs of the final. 4-2 in Edinburgh on Saturday and then 4-3 in the North East on Sunday. So big congratulations uh, to Tony Hand and everyone at the Murrayfield Racers. Commiserations to the Whitley Warriors. Uh, but for more on this result now, earlier in the week, our very own Craig Anderson caught up with Murrayfield Racers' very own, here's Callum Boyd. Callum, thanks for joining us on British Ice Hockey this week. Well, quite a month for you. Let's start at the weekend there. What a feeling to win the NIHL North Cup. Have you come down from that that joyous feeling yet? Uh, definitely. It was, uh, it was class, but no, I was still, still on a high from it anyway. It was, uh, it's a good feeling to be winning that with the boys. What's it like to score an overtime winner in such a big game? Oh, I kind of left me speechless, to be honest. You know, uh, when I got the puck just at the point and then uh, pulled the move on the goalie to give myself an open net, it's a bit surreal. You're thinking at the time you're going to be missing it, but... 
once I once I put it in the net, it was just kind of like, wait a minute, that's the game over. So from there on, it was just kind of celebrations. And it just again, it's another step in the success of Murrayfield Racers since they they started two years ago as well. To you, does it feel as though it's another step on? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Well, obviously, last year was the first year uh, as the Murrayfield Racers like starting back up again. So uh, I feel like we've done quite well last year, and then this year, obviously, we've we've started. We've I feel like we've done a lot better this year already. Uh, and there's still another two top cups to go, so fingers crossed we can get them and then just make this an, uh, a really good year. Now, it's been quite a month for you. You took a, a really bad injury um, back at the, the start of the month. Tell us what happened. I'm pretty fast. I just got in, the, got in front of a shot and the puck hit my finger and it basically just broke the tip of my finger and snapped it back the way. So it wasn't exactly a pretty sight. So uh, it shattered basically all the tip of my finger. So I had to get in, go into surgery uh, the following day to get it all repaired. And what's the recovery process been like for you? Obviously well enough to come back, certainly, and, and be part of such a great occasion at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been, it's been slow. Uh, the first few weeks it was just about kind of letting it heal, take my painkillers, because pain was quite pretty bad. So, yeah, it was just uh, letting, it, letting it recover, really. And uh, our mind was to get back for, obviously, last cup final at the weekend there. Yeah, but I couldn't really do much with my hand. I was trying to do everything left-handed. It was a bit difficult, but I managed to get by all right anyway. I mean, definitely a good season for the racers. You talked about the two more trophies, uh, possibly, mm-hmm. you know, all, all going well. How much have you enjoyed being part of the racers team the last couple of years, considering you've had experience in the elite league in the past, playing with Edinburgh and with what was Brayhead? Yeah, definitely. This season, this season's just been brilliant. Playing for the racers, especially like last season was good, but I think this year's just been topping it off. And myself, uh, I'm having a really good season this year. Um, really enjoying it, and then just playing with the boys that we've got in the team. It's just been class. Everyone's playing for each other and everybody's just wanting to get the win for each other. It's no individual efforts. Everyone's doing it for each other. And the support we've been having this year and seeing the crowd grow as well in Edinburgh has just been unreal. So this season's just definitely been one to remember compared to all the other seasons we've been having. What's it like to work with a guy as legendary as Tony Hand? I know, uh, Tony Hand. uh, Well... Someone with Tony Hand that's been around and that, you know, you can only take the experience and then just learn from it. So it's good having him as a coach, learning from him and having him, you know, obviously as your back. But, uh, yeah, a lot of the younger boys obviously look up to him as well, see him, you know, it's like a role model and that. So it is good having him as a coach and uh, learning off of him. Now, I have to say, the weekend was probably a little bit bittersweet. As great as it was to win the North Cup against the Whitley Warriors and the Manor, in which you did it. You lost the SNL title as well. Solway Sharks um, got the job done in the end. It must be a wee bit sad that you, you won't get you won't get that one back at least. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's actually the game that I, I knocked my finger on. I think we were we were up four two at that time, which that's what we needed to to secure the game. And then uh, that ended up happening to my finger, and then just unfortunately we ended up losing that one. But congratulations to them, obviously as well. They've they've been working hard as well, and they're a great team. So. It's been good getting that competition against them this season as well. Now this week you've only got the one game. You take on the Dundee Tigers in a in a Scottish Cup tie. I expect you'll be okay for that one. Your your hand okay for that one? Yeah, my my hand will be all right. Got a new pair of gloves. Got a cage on for my face as well. Uh, so yeah, I'll be ready to go this weekend. And of course, it's just a case of getting back on the horse and, and try and scoop up as much silverware as you can. Well, that's that definitely exactly. So that's like get the, got the ball rolling now with the two trophies. So. We'll uh, just keep it going this weekend and hopefully get into the final and then we'll just keep it going from there and then get as much as we can this season.
Final question, and it's something I'm, I'm interested in, obviously, the fact that you've played in the Elite League with Edinburgh Capitals before, now you're with Murrayfield Racers. They, they seem to be quite happy at SNL level. Sure, they, they dip their hand in with the NIHL, as we've seen with the cup competitions. Would you like to see Murrayfield make the step up into the NIHL, then perhaps the Elite League at a later date? Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, if we can get into the NIHL, you know, in the next year or two, that'll be a great step um, for the races. Just the way we've been going, obviously, and especially this season, uh, we've really been able to show that we've got the competition and compete with, obviously, these other bigger teams uh, down in England. So all these boys, you know, just these Scottish boys, you know, just playing for a bit of fun, have shown that they've actually got the skill level to be able to compete. And it's, it's great for Scottish hockey to be able to go down and do that, especially winning that cup. You know, it just proves that we do have the skill level to make that step up. So I think if we could get into the INHL, that would be, be really great for the club and it will be a good boost for the boys, obviously, because playing a lot more harder games, more competitive, but higher skill level. So it's only going to be the better for everybody. And it must be nice as well, again, your experience in the past, seeing hockey fans in Edinburgh with a smile on their face at the success that the, the racers have been having. Yeah, definitely. It's great. It's just the buzz you're going into that rank. Everyone just loves it now, going into that rank now. You know, you're going in, everyone's loving watching the hockey again. It's good competitive hockey. We're going in, winning, getting hard games, competitive games now where, you know, before in Edinburgh, you know, it's you know, you're hoping not to get beat by too much and now it's we're playing these rivalry games where it's just on your toes constantly and it's just that it's just really good hockey that's getting played now. So it's exciting times being in Edinburgh. Craig Anderson there speaking with Callum Boyd of the Moyfield Racers. And a big congratulations to Moyfield on the North Cup success. Commiserations to the Whitley Warriors. And uh, while we're offering congratulations, a big congratulations as well to the Solway Sharks on sealing the Scottish League title this past weekend. Uh, but speaking of the game north of the border, Scotland youngsters shined at uh, the conference series event which took place in Dumfries last week. To see how successful this event was, we should be joined now uh, by the Head of Coaching Development at the Scottish Ice Hockey Association. It's a welcome to the show to Stephen Lynch. Uh, well, Stephen, a big thank you for joining us. Uh, just before we get to uh, the specifics of, of the various age ranges and how they got on in Dumfries at the weekend, uh, can you give us a bit of background about these these conference events? Yeah, I think they're great. I think a lot of people have been campaigning for a lot of years to have conference more than once a year, uh, whether it be the full-on all-four age group thing more than once, or whether it be these mini-conference series that we've that have been going on this season, um, I think it's great. I think, you know, everyone that's involved in, in junior hockey is all of the opinion that they want to, in order to make our British teams better and in order to make our British kids better, we have to have our best kids playing against the best kids more often. And uh, I think this is a, an ideal way to, to go about doing that. Yes, absolutely. And the teams involved, obviously, it's Scotland are involved, but there's also teams from the northwest, the southeast, the southwest, as well as the Midlands, and the age range is involved as well. It's there's under fifteen and under seventeen as well. Um, so uh, the under fifteens and under seventeens were they all they were all together for a tournament in Sheffield uh, just between Christmas and New Year, and then at Dumfries there last weekend we had a tournament for the elevens and the thirteens. You know, good good tournaments. Uh, you know, good preparation for all the for all the five conferences as they try and get their teams ready for for the the big conference weekend in May. So, so yeah, the one Dumfries that happened at the weekend there was a, a really good tournament. I watched the under 11s tournament, which looked to be really competitive. A uh, lot of good kids coming through uh, into the conference teams. A lot of them for the first time, being nine and ten years old. So that's always good to see. And yeah, like I say, the the, the game the games were close. The 
the skill level was 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 impressive, and uh, all in all, it was a, it was a good tournament in Dumfries. Absolutely, and uh, when it comes to you know from a, a coaching perspective, what what skills are they developing uh, from, from these? I mean, it's, I suppose it's competition more than anything, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's that's one of the things that we kind of miss a little bit from 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 league structures in, in British ice hockey. Sometimes the sometimes the competition's not not where you need it to be. You know, you get a lot of games that are maybe one fifteen fifteen nil twenty one that that sort of thing. You know, whereas like I say, when you when you get these conference teams playing against each other, and you've got the the best kids playing against the best kids from all around the country. It, it, it brings that. It brings the competitive edge out of them, and uh, it certainly makes it certainly. It's, it's, it's a. It's definitely a great way for the for their development. And uh, when it comes to development more generally uh, north of the border, um, we've we've had you know Solway on and uh, and, and Murrayfield and uh, one of the Dundee clubs, and you know they're all they've all got junior ranks as well within their clubs, and you know that that side of the game being developed there in Scotland, it's, it bodes very well for the future. Yeah, well, as far as our national program goes, um, Barry Carnegie and myself came into the the national program i think maybe 5 years ago now and the first thing we wanted to do was put some uh, put some structure in the program you know we wanted to uh, to have have all our all our scotland age groups playing predominantly the same way and teaching them predominantly the same things and within our national program we introduced uh, off ice sessions and classroom sessions as well as the as well as the stuff we do on ice and uh, I, th- I think what well, scotland scotland specifically have been making steady progress year on year for the for the last five or six years, we you know we hope that continues. Uh, I don't know how all the England conferences go about running their programs, but uh, we, we're pretty proud of our one, and we we think we can we can make it a little bit better yet as as years go on. And and that's, um, and that's very exciting, isn't it? Because you know it, it, it's it, you you're literally growing a tree essentially, aren't you? It, take, it takes a while to see you know the the fruit being born on it, but you know when the the pathways are there clearly, and uh, and the conveyor belt's developing quite nicely. It seems to be. It, it seems to be. I mean, I think when you when you you look at the success Scotland have had down at conference in the last few years, you know our under 15s won it last year. It's the first time we've won it in under 15s, and I don't know how long. Uh, I think one of the six, one of the reasons behind that success was we've we've had those players and been working with those players since they come into the program at nine, and like I say, we, we've we've got a we've got a good uh, we've got a good national program where we're teaching them all different types of things, and like I think they got the rewards with the under fifteen team last year, and then then our under seventeen team have been similar. The first uh, you know the first couple of years that we were all involved in the program, they. they they did. They did well, but they were just maybe one one hurdle away from from a little bit better success. Whereas two years ago they made the final, which was a great achievement. And that was the first time in a long time that under 17 teams made the final. And then also with our, our under 19 team when they play in the annual Scotland England game every year, you know, a few five or six, well maybe maybe six or seven years ago, um, those games were pretty one sided between Scotland and England. But the last five or six years they've been. Uh, have been excellent games. I, I don't recall a game where there's been any more than two goals in difference in the scoreline. So, so yeah, we're, we're looking to take a player at nine years old and hopefully be able to work with them for a number of years and teach them things in the classroom and, and video and teach them things on the ice and teach them good things about how to look after themselves off the ice as well. You know what to, what to eat and when to eat it and how to exercise and how to look after themselves. And we we seem to be getting some rewards from that. So well, hopefully, hopefully it continues. 
And uh, just to talk about that uh, that conference weekend that's coming up in May at Ice Sheffield, uh, the the teams for the under seventeens, under fifteens, under thirties, and under elevens have all been have all been named now. So um, that that's the focus, isn't it? That the, this this conference weekend coming up in in May. How, how how excited are the kids heading into the build up towards this uh, weekend? The kids love it. Uh, you know, it, it's a great weekend. It's by far and away the best weekend of junior hockey in this country during the course of the season. I'm I'm a I'm a big I'm a big fan of the conference weekend. I think it's a great idea. Um, as far as the, as far as the Scotland teams go, um, yeah, we start we start our first trials in uh, in September. So the kids have been working the kids have been working hard for it for this for five or six months now, and they know they've got another couple of months to go, another another two or three practices, another two or three warm up games, and yeah, what, the the kids the kids can't wait. I mean, you you look on social media. Yes, last night after all the teams were announced in the. In, in the press conference there, and the, the pride, the pride that some of the parents have got, you know, with some of the posts that you see on social media about the kids making the team, it's it's a really, really, it's a huge weekend, and everybody, everybody that's that's a part of it always enjoys it. And and Stephen, uh, we've we've touched upon it in this interview, and I think it comes across loud and clear. But uh, the future, uh, when it comes to ice hockey, certainly north of the border, it's uh, everyone should be optimistic about it. That's for sure. I think definitely, yeah, definitely. Like I say, we we've had some success at conference over the last. Four or five years we'd, we'd, we'd like more obviously we'd, we'd, we'd love to we'd, we'd love to have more um, and what everybody's working towards that Head of Coaching Development at the Scottish Ice Hockey Association Stephen Lynch there speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast and that's it for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast a big thank you to all my guests this week for joining me remember for all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey you can visit the website britishicehockey.co.uk but I've been Ben And wherever you're going this weekend to cheer on your British ice hockey side, make sure that you have fun. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.